You're listening to Talking Smart. The official podcast of the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers. This is Paul Pimentel, and I am joined today by my co-hosts, Michael Blaine from Smart Communications and Ben Nagy from Smart TV Communications. As we've been doing for the past year and a half, we are recording remotely due to the pandemic. Welcome to the 16th episode of Talking Smart. Each month, we bring you news, guests, and discussions of interest to smart members and working families across the United States and Canada. This episode is focused on mentorship, mutual support in the workplace, and working proactively to address issues such as hazing, bullying, and discrimination. Every member has had at least one person in his or her career who has stood up for them, provided formal or informal mentorship, or been there in times of crisis or need. SMART has launched the I Got Your Back campaign as a way to recognize those who have stepped up and stood up for what's right and to reinforce a culture of paying it forward. Whether it's on construction sites, in production facilities, or on passenger and freight rail, we often work in occupations that rely on teamwork, where it is very important to have each other's backs, helping out when you notice someone struggling, or speaking up when you notice unfair treatment can not only make the difference in someone's career, but can also go a long way in boosting morale at work. Hazing or isolation on the job site can be very distracting and dangerous especially when someone is new to the workplace, leading to workplace injuries and a hostile work environment. Our first guest today to discuss the I Got Your Back campaign is Luis Medina. Sister Medina is a business representative at Local 265 in Cal Stream, Illinois, and serves as president of the Smart Recruitment and Retention Council. When you have been mentored by someone that believes in you, then you'll succeed. It empowers you to reach your fullest potential. And when you get to your fullest potential, then you have the ability to mentor someone else to reach their fullest potential. That kind of culture creates a positive working atmosphere. In addition, we talked with Mike Powers, also a Local 265 member who now serves as a trustee at his local. Brother Powers began as an apprentice at Wisebrook Sheet Metal, and he spent his entire apprenticeship and following journeyman years there learning all aspects of architectural and job management. He was able to apply the knowledge he learned there to the subsequent companies he would eventually spend time at. Uh, It's kind of sentimental for a sheet metal worker, but without these guys, I wouldn't be where I am today. I hope there's more people like me out there that feel that way about mentors. And, you know, it's not like we hug each other at the end of the day after work or anything, but it feels good to acknowledge these people as lights in my life. At the end of this episode, listen for the open mic segment with SMART General President Joseph Sellers. He responds to a question about what SMART is doing to promote workplace environments that are free of bullying, harassment, hazing, and discrimination. We experience crimes, hate crimes on jobs, like a noose on a sheet metal work table. There's personal attacks. There's threats on job sites. We cannot tolerate this. We must stamp out these vile and unsafe acts. At every level. Luis, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks. I'm glad to be here today, Paul. Luis, I understand you ran for re-election and you got re-elected on a white ballot. That is correct. All right. So 
shows uh shows it seems to be working. I mean, congratulations on that as well. Thank you. For any of our listeners who might not be familiar, what is a white ballot? There was no opposition when I was nominated. Can you tell us how the I Got Your Back campaign started? That's pretty funny. Uh, our business manager, John Daniel, as you know, comes up with these ideas. He happened to be sitting in one of our Smart Women's Committee caucuses after the Tradeswoman uh, Bill Nation's virtual event. And he was in a room with uh, many female smart members, and they were telling stories of how what is happening to them still today on the job sites. And he was appalled. He went home and thought, how could this still be happening? What can we do to fix this? And he came up with this idea of, I got your back. Well, he's very, very busy. So I asked him if I could take that to the Smart Women's Committee. And I did. And we ran with it. We thought it was an excellent idea. We worked on fixing the logo to make it for all of SMART. So it wasn't just construction portion. We wanted to add TD. We wanted everybody to be inclusive. Uh, Canada in the United States. So um, with that, we were working with Donna Silverman with the International, and they just took it and ran with it. And that's how it got started. What kind of difference have you seen it make within the culture at Local 265? Well, although the campaign is in its infancy, Local 265 has been working on bringing back solidarity within our union since I've been on staff, and that's at least four years now. And just having these stories come out and asking your members to talk about who has helped them, who has mentored them, or who they thought they have helped or, you know, just made a difference, that brings conversation. And that conversation goes a long way when you're in a room full of members that don't know each other. It, it helps them provide what the union is all about, solidarity. And I, and I think that just having social events and having this campaign is bringing back the culture very slowly, but it's working. So our apprenticeship programs revolve around training and learning on the job from experienced journey persons. That's a form of mentorship. Why is mentorship also important beyond that once you complete your apprenticeship? I think mentorship is like a revolving door. When you have been mentored by someone that believes in you, then you'll succeed. It empowers you to reach your fullest potential. And when you get to your fullest potential, then you have the ability to mentor someone else to reach their fullest potential. That kind of culture creates a positive working atmosphere. How did you get into the industry? And what has your experience been as a woman working in the sheet metal industry? Well... I got in, actually, I worked in, I was a manager of a restaurant for many years before I got into the trade. And there was a few sheet metal workers that came in and sat down before work um, and had coffee. And I would complain every day about not having benefits. And so one day, one of the sheet metal workers said to me, they're taking applications. You should go apply. And I said, I don't even know what a sheet metal worker is. And so I didn't say anything more about it, uh, but I did look it up and I went and applied. I sat in the parking lot for about, I don't know, an hour and a half before I went in to go test because I was in a suit. I was a manager of the restaurant and everybody's walking in with work boots and dirty jeans and you know work clothes. So I was a little intimidated. Finally, I went and I took the test. I scored pretty well. And that's how I got in because somebody was doing their organizing while sitting at the counter at a restaurant. What do you like about the work? Sort of coming to it from, you know, not knowing what sheet metal was or that sheet metal work was. How did you like the work? So I've always been interested in working with my hands through uh, my high school. I did a lot of shop classes and I took CAD. I took several classes. So when I got to, you know, the shop, I loved it. I mean, I love doing that kind of stuff. 
I have a hard work ethic. I was intrigued by the things that, you know, to lay out something or the challenges every day. It's never the same thing. I loved being out in the field. And I think my most challenging thing was how do I stay there and be accepted working in the field as a female? Because it was very hard. I mean, that was 21 years ago. And I walked in the door and upset their apple cart, the males that were there working. They didn't want me in their shop because now they felt like I was intruding on their everyday, how they are, they talk, how they are, you know, act. They thought they had to change. Were you the only apprentice in your class? And were you the only woman in, in the first shop that you worked in? I was the only female in my apprentice class and every shop I worked at after that. I mean, the two shops I worked in. How has the workplace dynamic changed since you first started? So when I first started, it was pretty rough until I earned some respect, but it took a long time um, in the first shop to get there. And then when I had to go to the second shop, I had to start all over. It took, you know, four or five years before I really got respected there at the shop. But respect and work ethic, you know, well, how do you balance that? They, they wanted me there because of my work ethic. But did I get the respect right away? No, I just had to work hard. Do you have a workplace mentor or ally who has been there when you needed help or support? You can thank and recognize that member by getting an I Got Your Back sticker from your smart local, giving it to that member, and taking a picture of him or her displaying the sticker. Then email that picture to mentors at smart-union.org with a short description of how that member had your back. These stories will be showcased in the Smart Journal and on social media. So Luis Ben Nagy from Smart TD here, just wanted to kind of ask, you know, the whole tenor of the I Got Your Back campaign is for people who have backed you up uh, throughout your career. And uh, you mentioned that you've had an experience where folks have had your back. Would you like to recognize a few of those folks and sort of tell us of an instance of where uh, someone had your back? There's been a lot of people that have my back, but you know, there's a few that stand out. I would say our training department, uh, Dennis Moran, Dave St. Peter, John Daniel, and the instructors that brought me to where I am today, they cared. They made a difference. If I had issues, they were there. They pushed me to be the best I could be, gave me advice. And I think that's where it all started. It was at, you know, in the apprenticeship program. But even before that, before I even got in, a business agent took out time to call me back even before I was a member, make sure I would get in and get a job. And that same business agent throughout my career always was checking in. I had my work ethic down. I stayed in two shops in my career out of 17 years. But in that time, there was questions asked, do you want to be an elected officer? Would you, are you interested in doing this? Are you interested in doing that? I could see you. Can you push yourself to be here? That's why I'm here. You know, you have leaders out there that care about the members and see potential in you and to push you to be the best you can be. And I think our leaders here at Local 265 show great, great leadership for our members. Um, when it comes to recruiting new members and empowering members, you have a very long track record of that. And it shows because you're president of the Recruitment and Retention Council. Can you tell us a little bit about that council and the work that it's been doing? Sure, Ben. Because there's two parts to that question, let me start with some information on the council. The council was formed because there are so many barriers of diversity, equity, and inclusion 
for women, minorities, and underrepresented workers face daily. The Council envisions a smart union movement where all members are empowered to reach their fullest potential. And to do that, we need to put an equity lens on equality. In other words, recognize that each person has different circumstances and provide resources and opportunities needed to succeed. Some examples can be simple as lending an ear or as complex as creating policies or training sessions. With the support of locals within SMART, this council can tackle these issues together to carry out the vision and our mission. And to the second part of that question, what is the council working on? The council is currently working on collecting affiliation applications and putting together a plan to host its first in-person meeting. And that's to be held in December in Naples, Florida on the 6th of December in conjunction with the production and building and enclosure councils. We look forward to working with all of the locals within SMART. What's your understanding of the biggest challenges facing SMART when it comes to retention? Like what are reasons that people leave or don't complete an apprenticeship or leave the industry? I would say support when they don't feel like they belong. For myself, my own experiences being a female, there's no one to go to. Where are they going to get the support and feel comfortable without feeling like they're going to be blackballed? I think that's a big issue. And training our apprentices and our new upcoming members that are coming in, you have to create that culture that we're not back, you know, in the 1950s where it was okay to treat someone uh, as an apprenticeship as your, not your peer you're working with, but somebody lower than you and treating them almost like your slave. We've got to come together to the senses of today's society. We cannot have that. We all are treated equally. And that's where your work atmosphere is going to be a positive working. If you have people thinking that they are lesser than you, they don't belong there, it, it's not going to work. And that's why we can't retain people because we still have that mentality. So just having somebody else that you know that, that's a trusted colleague maybe more experienced that you can go to and ask questions about, not just, you know, kind of technical how to do stuff, but issues that you're facing on the job, right? That might be interpersonal or some dynamic that's going on with a foreman or, or anything like that, right? Is, is it having somebody to go to that you know you can go to? And, and that's why we brought this I Got Your Back campaign in because like I said, you can walk on a job site, you're brand new and you see somebody that has that sticker, our hopes is that that person is the person you're going to go to and, and they're going to help you with whatever you need. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Louise, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you've got a lot going on over there. You're involved in a lot of things at Local 265 as well as across the country as well with the Smart Women's Committee, with the Recruitment and Retention Council. We really appreciate what you contributed to this union and we really appreciate your time that you spent on today's podcast. Well, I appreciate um, you saying that, but I, you know, I got to thank the people that got me here and I just want to give back. Thank you. Thank you, Louise. After years of gridlock, we finally have an infrastructure framework by a bipartisan group of lawmakers that will fund a $1.2 trillion investment in our roads, bridges, rails, energy network, ports, airports, and more. It's a great start, but it can be better. Contact Congress today and ask them to pass an infrastructure package with strong labor standards, robust funding for school construction, and strengthened rail and transit safety provisions. To contact your members of Congress, text the words 
build back better to 21333. Message and data rates may apply. We now turn to our conversation with our second guest, Smart Local 265 member and trustee Mike Powers. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the trade? Well, I started in 2004, non-union, doing duck work. And uh, I had somebody tell me the benefits of joining the union. I was a little, uh, I guess not skeptical, but I didn't know anything about them. And it turned out to be the greatest opportunity in my life because uh, there's no way I was supposed to end up here going the route I was going. After I got in, they put me at uh, Weesbrook Sheet Metal, and that just uh, started off my entire career. It wasn't something I ever saw myself doing. I was personally uh, horrible at mathematics, and uh, I failed geometry in every class I took it in high school, and uh, I ended up as an architectural sheet metal worker, which seems to be against the odds, I suppose. So from those inauspicious and uh, mathematically challenged beginnings, um, can you tell us how you met a mentor and then the difference that that mentor made to you in your career just starting out like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was uh, 21 years old, I believe, when I met him and probably not the most ambitious person, probably the typical 21-year-old. I had other priorities other than a career. And uh the funny story about him is the first day I met him, yeah, I had no idea how the friend he was going to turn out to be, but uh, he ended up carrying my tools back for me on the roof, and uh, he thought they were somebody else's, and I let him carry my tools all the way off the roof and down to the cars, and he didn't even know it. it was kind of an inside joke, I suppose. It was a rough one, the first job. It was an 812 roof, and I kind of took a lot of falls onto the roof and probably didn't look like the most graceful hire ever, but because he believed in me and we stuck together as partners for a while. And he uh, gave me a lot of the skills and really instilled in me the work ethic of being an architectural person where you just going to work and putting your head down, getting the job done safely, but also trying to perform for the company, which you know, we are a, a give and take relationship. We need them as much as they need us. So Mike, uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you met your mentor um, as an apprentice and uh, the, the kind of difference that he made to you during your career? Uh, Ken Myron's his name. That's the most prominent one. Outside of him, there's probably a ton of mentors in my career. But yeah, he's been the guy that really stuck with me. I met Ken the uh, first day I ever worked at Weesbrook Sheet Metal. Uh, it was a semi-dangerous job and all the safety precautions were taken, but I'd really never been on a roof before. And I think he noticed that. Uh, he still jokes with me to this day about it. And uh, I took quite a number of falls, knocked the wind out of myself plenty of times, and really hadn't done that kind of backbreaking work before. Uh, this was a lot of guys on a job setting roof panels. But uh, I think we hit it off. We had a lot of the same humor, not the same skills at the time. I think I really didn't know what I was doing, flying by the seat of my pants. And he took me. And after that job, we were working together more often on a you know side-by-side -side basis. He let me kind of just jump head first into the water. I shouldn't say let me, probably made me in some aspects, but uh, he would teach me how to do things but not do it for me. 
So he would tell me to do something and then watch me as I did it and then let me make the mistakes, not gigantic mistakes, but enough to where if I made the mistake, I could still come back from it. And uh, he's always said that, you know, it's how you fix your mistakes, not the mistakes you make, which really applies a lot, especially with expensive stuff. You know, if you make mistakes, you got to fix it. Otherwise, it's costing somebody a lot of money. Hey, Mike, you think with that tough and sometimes painful start, if if you hadn't had him there as a mentor and kind of having your back, do you think you would have stuck it out? I honestly don't know. I may have stuck it out, but having him there, I mean, there's some days in architectural, uh, this week's been pretty bad itself where it's a hundred degrees and you just, as a, as a younger self, yeah, I probably would have just thrown in the towel. There's no way I would have said, this is what I want to do for a career. But he taught me the work ethic where you go and the guy you're next to is working just as hard as you. So why are you going to do 50% when he's given 100%? You're there as brothers, as partners. And if he's going hard, you should go hard too. And with that mentality, it made everything easier. You're not going through it alone. You got your partner next to you. He's watching your back and you're watching his, especially, you know, in some, some of these situations we get into on buildings, you know. You know, we can be walking I-beams and right on the edge of a roof. You know, we could be on a one-story building one day and a 20-story building the next. And the guy you're with is uh, the person that's responsible for you and you're responsible for them. And he taught me that from day one. You know, if you needed help with something, he was there to help you. And it made it easier. There's no doubt. I mean, if I would have gone to work and he wasn't there and it was somebody that didn't care about me or I was just another worker, you know, and have me pick up trash for eight hours a day, which there were those days, you know, that's an apprentice's job at times. But without his guidance, you know, I could have given up if that was my job for a couple of years was just pick up trash. He made the job interesting, and once I developed the skills under him, I became more valuable. Then the more valuable you are, the more job offers you have or job opportunities. So um, you know, this I Got Your Back campaign, and this is something that Ken did for you. Um, it's about mentorship, so members, helping members uh, when they start out and then all through their careers, and also giving each other a helping hand uh, when they need it. And you know, as you talked about creating a more hospitable environment for those members. So how have you applied what you learned from Ken uh, to some of the brothers and sisters that you've encountered and who have reached out to you for help in the years since? I've seen the friendship he offered me and the advice he had given me. And, you know, I lived in the suburbs of Chicago pretty much on my own. I had a little bit of family. So he was the only person I had out, you know, even though he was my work partner, he was my only phone call if anything ever went bad and he was always there. So I don't know everybody that I work with their individual situation, but if I present myself as available to them, then maybe I'm their only phone call. I may not know it, but it's got to make them, you know, feel a little easier about it. So I always take that path. And the truth is, we don't like everybody we work with. We don't have to, but we have to be respectful of them as a person and a a worker. So, you know, he always did that. So I kind of take that through my career. 
you know, I, I don't might not know somebody, but they could be somebody that needs my help or just my little bit of guidance could make their day easier. I remember odd little things that one person did for me. And I think about that years later. So based off what he did and what I learned from him, you know, if I see an apprentice and he doesn't have water on a hot day, I give him some water. It sounds simple enough, but down the line, someone's going to think about it. And I know he would do it for me. So maybe somewhere down the line, I develop that relationship with an apprentice and I can be there, Ken. That sort of epitomizes the spirit of this campaign. And, you know, what do you think of when you hear that slogan, you know, I got your back? I think of pretty much every really good friend I've made through the local. And it's not just Ken. I mean, I had a partner as an apprentice and we were both the same year and we would have our own little competitions on the roof of whose way of doing something was the right way. Even though, you know, we knew the same amount putting our heads together, we could figure it out whether, okay, the way I did it was wrong, which was most of the time the way I was doing it was wrong. But, you know, I would see the way he did it and that's how we would do it. I had a teacher in uh, the apprenticeship class named Tim and I asked him a question and he told me, I don't know the answer, but let's go find out together, which I don't know too many people that don't want to admit they don't know the answer to anything, let alone a guy that's being paid to teach. These are the guys that you know, I think about all the time because I use the skills that I've been taught, whether it's job site management and I'm thinking about you know the costs of certain things, equipment rentals. I think back to my old superintendents that sort of explained that to me. Everything costs money, whether it's the labor or renting boom lifts, renting lulls, renting scissor lifts. These are all things factored into the job that sometimes we don't think about, even the owners in a way. And then union leadership too, especially 265. They teach you how to be a good union member. All the opportunities are there. I wouldn't even say just elected officials, but the organizers, the business agents. And I'm sure it's not just 265, but that's my exposure is 265. You could call them up and ask about anything, not even work-related. And they would pick up the phone and talk to you. And I wouldn't say you're just a name on a list, but you know, there's a lot of members there. They might not hear from everybody all the time. And, you know, now this is a new guy calling up and they would talk to you. People like Mac Gugala with his smart army and Louise with the women's council and uh, John Daniel. I mean, these people are everywhere, all over the map with what they're trying to accomplish. You talk about, I got your back. I mean, these people are, it seems like 24 hours a day looking out for the membership of 265. This is Smart Director of Education, Chris Carlo. I also help run the Smart Member Assistance Program, or SmartMap. September is National Suicide Prevention Month. All month, mental health advocates, prevention organizations, survivors, allies, and community members unite to promote suicide prevention awareness. SmartMap works year-round with partner organizations across North America to prevent suicide in our communities and empower us all to be there for those in distress. If you or someone you know is in an emergency, call 911 immediately. If you are in crisis or experiencing difficult or suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Together, we can all help prevent suicide, promote healing, and give hope. 
Brother Powers, let me ask you this. Um, have you seen the culture of your local change over the years to where it is now, to how it used to have been a long time ago? Have you seen a dramatic change? You know, in 265, I wouldn't say the culture itself to me has changed. I'm sure there has been changes. I've seen us become tech savvy with John Daniels getting up there and the, the I Want Smart campaigns and just different accessibility. I believe they have become more available as far as, uh, you know, websites and there may even been a phone app at one point that, that I probably don't know about, but uh, the culture has always been good. And by good, I mean exactly what I expect it to be. I've been through one, two, three, only four business managers, and they were all together. So I would say the, the transference of power was very well done. And there's been a solid plan moving forward. Now, John, John's got it on a rocket ship, John Daniels. And we're going places I didn't really think about, but I'm, I've only have 15 years in. So I would say probably for five of them, I didn't really think too much about the direction of the union. I was more worried about getting my paycheck and paying my mortgage. But now that you can see the, the ambition of the local and the amount of work that everybody there puts in, it's gratifying to see where we've come to. But I don't think we ever came from a worse position. I think we've just modified or grew with the times. So one of the things you mentioned there, and for people who aren't familiar with it, can you talk a little bit about what the uh, I Want Smart campaign is? Well, I remember when it first came to 265, it was trying to make it uh, a little more public friendly, I suppose. It was a catchy thing that would promote residences to call up the local union residential shop to put in the furnace or the AC or a humidifier and things like that. It sounded great on the radio. They'd had a little jingle. I'm not going to sing it for you, but um, this was all towards, I would say, coming out of the recession. And it's probably, I don't know exact dates. I would say maybe back in 2015, 2016 is when it started getting really big. Well, I'm not super knowledgeable on the I Want Smart, but uh, I know the idea behind it was to expand our market. And then it grew into something massive. It got bigger and bigger and, and expanded other locals too. Yeah, that's he tells us about it and uh, you know just the stories of I don't know if Seattle is doing it now. He's always mentioning some far off place that I've never been to now signing up to do it and that it's a great thing. So you know, again, I don't know the instructions behind it, but it appears to be working. So Mike, going back to mentorship again for a second. I mean, it is typically thought of as sort of being mentored in, in the trade, right? In the work and skills and whether it's specific skills or dealing with worksite stuff. How does mentorship come into play in the culture of the union in helping apprentices sort of engage and get involved with the union, whether it's smart army stuff or how can a mentor help a new member really get plugged into the union in a kind of bigger way? Well, I think depending on the mentor, I mean, I know a lot of people that uh, aren't regular meeting attendees or, you know, they might not even know who their business agent is. And that doesn't make them a bad member. Maybe they don't have time to be involved, but I think the right person being a mentor, I tend to stress the importance of the meetings just so you know what's going on. 
you know, it's one day out of a month. You know, when they show up, I think they enjoy it and it does get them involved more. And I feel it's almost, I'm not sure how to explain it, but the more you get involved with the union, whether it is volunteering for the smart army or anything, it doesn't have to be smart army. It could be volunteering for just the union function, whether it's showing up to the cookout and being the guy that flips burgers at the cookout or serves the uh, refreshments. Once you start, you get the gratification from it and you feel like you belong to something else. You're already a member, but you're taking another step with it and grow a whole new group of friends. I feel like more people should take that step and I think they would enjoy it if they did. I understand that everybody has the time for it, but you know, if I had taken those steps sooner and got more involved, short of just showing up to meetings, you know, I feel like I would have probably felt better about myself at the time because it was just going through the motions for me for a couple of years as an apprentice. And maybe it would have given me a little more purpose. I feel like that would apply to some apprentices. And maybe there's people out there that are like me where having a mentor and or a mentor that would was involved with the union and took them with under their wing to show them it wouldn't be as frightening to a 21 year old kid walking into a, a group, a hundred union members, you know, doing union member stuff at a picnic. It may be a little intimidating to a younger guy, especially with some of the stigmas that have been placed on us. It would have kept me out of a lot more trouble, <laughs> you know, almost like playing sports in high school. Well, the more sports you play, the less trouble you can get into. The more union stuff I would have been involved in, I probably would have gotten the less trouble in my 20s. Well, there's another good reason. <laughs> so uh, one more thing, Mike. Is there anything you'd like to say to Ken and uh, the other mentors that have helped you as you've progressed uh, in your career as a SMART member? Oh, certainly. You know, I, and we talk about it all the time, but hey, Ken... And uh, my best friend, Pete, I mean, these are two guys I wouldn't have met without sheet metal. So without the union, without architectural metal, all those, him, uh, Pete, all my old bosses have always been friends and bosses. And there's no way I would have made it as far in my career without them, without their leadership and their help. And the greatest thing about all of them is they're still there. All I have to do is pick up the phone. And I know I could pick up the phone and call Ken right now, assuming that it's not work hours. And he would pick up. Most of these people would pick up. You know, some of them I probably don't stay in contact with as much as I should, but I think about them a lot. And that's kind of sentimental for a sheet metal worker. But without these guys, I wouldn't be where I am today. I hope there's more people like me out there that feel that way about mentors. And, you know, it's, not like we hug each other at the end of the day after work or anything, but it feels good to acknowledge these people as lights in my life. And uh, yeah, there's not much more to say. You know, these are just guys that I couldn't see where I am now without them. Brother Powers and Sister Medina, thank you both for taking the time to be on this podcast today. What you and your brothers and sisters at Local 265 has started it's now spread to the rest of the union as we seek to double down on the bonds that first shaped this union. Once again, to both of you, thank you for being here today on this podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure as always. To learn more about the I Got Your Back campaign, contact your business manager and look for a Smart Army sticker you can use to recognize those who have served as your mentors. 
The more we recognize those who do the right thing, the more we can build a culture where we can trust one another and not have to watch over our own backs. At the end of the day, having each other's backs is the core of a strong union. If there are any issues, please report them to your local union. You're listening to Talking Smart. Mobilize, organize, unionize. Do you have story ideas or have a question for the general president or union leadership? Call us toll-free at 844-984-0947 with your questions or ideas. Once again, 844-984-0947. Welcome to our open mic segment with SMART's General President Joseph Sellers. General President Sellers, I want to welcome you to this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Paul and Michael. I, I greatly appreciate uh, being able to uh, answer the questions of our membership. This question comes from the discussion we had with others across our organization and within other unions. Harassment and discrimination, especially along racial, ethnic, and gender lines, are a common problem plaguing our society today. Unfortunately, these issues are also common in the industries we represent. Can you share your thoughts on what the international is doing to promote an environment that discourages this behavior? Well, thank you. Thank you for that question. We do hear about harassment, discrimination, bullying, hazy, and other unacceptable behavior on the job. We cannot tolerate this. Our industry cannot tolerate this. Our union cannot tolerate this. We must stand, each of us, to protect our sisters and brothers. An injury to one is an injury to all. We experience crimes, hate crimes on jobs, like a noose on a sheet metal work table. There's personal attacks. There's threats on job sites. We cannot tolerate this. We must stamp out these vile and unsafe acts at every level, making sure that the harasser is held accountable and silence is not acceptable. It's been 15 months since the murder of George Floyd a day that will live in shame, dishonor, and outrage. We must sustain equity for all, equal justice under the law. We must continue, each of us, to affect change, to keep the conversation going, working together, stopping these horrific acts that are being experienced. You know, we have changed the safety culture in my generation In one generation of smart member, we have changed the safety culture. We need to do the same. We need to make sure that we change and have an environment of respect and dignity. This also affects our recruitment and retention in each one of our sectors. It's not enough to be anti-racist. Diversity without inclusion doesn't work. Everybody needs to be part of the team, rowing in the same direction, 200,000 members. Recruitment without retention doesn't work. SMART has set up a recruitment and retention council for large and small locals, for sheet metal and transportation locals, for Canadian and U.S. locals and their representatives to work on an action plan. Martin Smackna has a diversity, equity, and inclusion statement and has hired a consultant to help us to develop a strategic plan, including diversity training, understanding each other, having tolerance at the workplace and at home, implicit bias, understanding ourselves, and those deep-seated challenges that we hold that help us make decisions. We need to do better for inclusion for all, and we are going to create train-the-trainer courses that we will be offering throughout SMART and SMACNA. 
We are engaging you, our members, and your families to fight back against harassment, bullying, hazing. We are launching the I Got Your Back campaign. This campaign is based on raising awareness that occurs far too often at the workplace. Once you participate, you're letting other members know that they have an ally. Our sisters and our brothers have an ally in a time of need, and that is in you. Wearing or displaying I Got Your Back sticker will symbolize that you will have all members' backs. That's for harassment. That's also for natural disasters and the great work that we do when these disasters hit. It's also mental health, substance use disorder, and suicide as we continue to educate our SMART Members Assistance Program. And we want you to know, whether it's on the job site for harassment or it's mental health or you need help because of a natural disaster, you are not alone. We, the members of SMART, will stand with you. We'll stand up for you. We will step up with each other and we will lean on each other in tough times and we will learn from each other and we will protect each other as sisters and brothers do and should. We also need to help with mentoring. You know, maybe it's somebody that's been in the trade and they're having some difficulties, or maybe it's somebody new to our industry. Our future of this industry, our sectors of this industry relies on each of us. And guess what? It deserves our very best effort, each one of our very best efforts. So thank you for your question. And I look forward to rising with you to change our culture for generations to come. Thank you, Paul and Michael. Thank you, General President Sellers. We thank you for being on, on the podcast today. You know, this is an important issue that's affecting society. It's affecting our industry and all of our industries. And we're glad that this is something that we're taking proactive action on. We had a great convention. We made a lot of uh, positive changes to our constitution. We made resolutions of how we're going to conduct ourselves. And we are going to continue to work on our action plan. We are going to continue to work on a strategic plan so that we can change our culture, so that we can have a better union, an inclusive union that will accept all workers. And we're going to continue to work on that. Not a short-term plan. This is a long-term plan with results. Thank you very much for that. You know, there's a lot of members who, who this is going to be giving a lot of hope to as well. So a lot of times they're not, they're not loud about it. They're silent about it but it's good they know that they've got the international that has their back and each other, the rest, of, the rest of this union as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Have a good day.